Except about Kristen Stewart's wardrobe, which she might have just picked herself because it I looked like her normal clothes. They were just like, Kristen, show up. Just bring whatever clothes you to want the set. to wear. And she would just show up in whatever she wanted to wear. She'd be like, hmm, I want to make all the ladies fall in love with me like this today. And they'd be like, great, you're on. Be a fan, bachelor, the friends. Where we talk about movies all day. It's Kristen named me AJ. Hi, I'm Grace. And I'm Amy. Welcome to our living room floor. Because I'm several glasses of wine in for a split second, I was like, why'd you say Grace and not Amy? Hi, I'm Amy. And I'm Grace. Welcome to the same living room floor. Um, We just finished watching a movie. Like 10 minutes ago. And we decided we're recording tonight too. Because we're taking advantage of the wine drunk. Amy's wine drunk. I am not. I'm a responsible human. You know what, that's fair. (laughs) Amy, what movie did we just watch? We just watched Happy Season. It's the Christmas episode! Woot woot! We did not plan for this at all. We didn't. We have no notes. Okay. We did talk a decent amount during the movie, though, so we kind of know what points we should hit, because we know what the other's thinking thus far. So, just like... An introduction to the movie, because I feel like everyone talked about it for a week and then stopped talking about it. Because so. it came out in late November, so we're a little <laughs> late to the game here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Happiest Season. Uh, marketed as... I mean, I guess I don't actually know what all the kind of like were. Kind of like a Christmas rom-com. Christmas rom-com. This was romantic. It was comedic, but I don't think I would call it a rom-com. It was also dramatic. Was so dramatic. And emotionally turmoilic. So we'll get to it. <laughs> and our mixed feelings and all the mixed reviews. Um, first impressions. There's so much secondhand embarrassment during this, guys. Also, if you don't know what we're currently talking about, you may have heard it referred to as the Kristen Stewart gay Christmas movie. That's not the name of it? (laughs) That is just the title. Kristen Stewart gay Christmas movie. Yeah. It's a mouthful. It goes into dot 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 after Kristen Stewart. (laughs) Um... Yeah, we have very mixed feelings about this. Um, let's hit the elephant in the room. Um, literally and figuratively, no. <laughs> the white um, elephant in the room. The white elephant! Okay, the elephant in the room. Um, this movie is completely based in the turmoil of being in the closet. Which is a weird thing to do in something that's supposed to be a rom-com. Yeah. And I think what that comes down to, just to go straight to the queer theorying of this shit... Um, is that the people who made this movie did not understand that it's not funny to, at all to be in the closet. And it's, it's really weird. Cause I think the feeling like, okay, my mixed feelings are less so that like, I like it and I don't like it. And more so that I genuinely cannot tell how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, cause here's the thing. You can make it funny to be in the closet if it's at the expense of the person who doesn't know that somebody's gay, but when it's at the expense of the gay person is when it's just uncomfortable or sad instead. And that's what we experienced in this movie. Yeah, and I think it's so interesting because this movie has really, like, poignant, hard-hitting scenes. It has the emotional beats that it needs, but it also has the comedic beats of a comedy, and they don't blend well together. Like, if you showed me a clip of uh, the guy from Schitt's Creek and Kristen Stewart having their, like, emotional talk in the cold winter night and a clip of, like, I don't know what- The mall cops. The mall cops. I would not tell you this was the same movie. You could not convince me it was the same movie, even though Kristen Stewart looks the exact same in both clips. (laughs) Like, the the humor of, like, say, the mall cops or uh, the third sister, what's her name? Jane. Jane. Is very, like, movie that former SNL people would be in. Yeah. But the dramatic moments are a lot more of, like, a, um, oh, fuck, what's the studio that made, like, Lady Bird and stuff? A24, something like that? I think that's right. I mean, I don't know if they made Lady Bird, but that is a studio. Yeah. There's a studio that made Lady Bird that is a name like that, so that must be it. Um, but... The emotional beats of, like, the deep stuff feels a lot more on track with, like, a high-budget indie film. It is A24. Okay, cool. Even drunk, I know my uh, film minor lingo shit. Nice. Film buff things I'm flexing. 
Um, she is. It's impressive, we'll say. Is this episode just going to be you being slightly annoyed with me? <laughs> I'm not annoyed. I'm endeared. Cute. Okay. <laughs> How um, many people think we're dating, do you think? Well, anyone who listens to this knows us and knows that we're not, so... How many of my coworkers do you think think we're dating? How many of my coworkers do you think think we're dating? Especially now that I'm like, I'm not going home for Christmas. I'm spending it with my roommate. Same though. <laughs> <laughs> we on. all think we're dating. It's fine. Hey, if any of my coworkers listen to this, we're actually not dating. Surprisingly. And if we were, we would tell our parents. Um, nice segue. Hey. Yeah, it's like they wanted... They wanted the best of both worlds. And it's like you could... I, I don't think you can make the comedy they were trying to make out of the subject matter for the reasons you said that this is a way more serious subject matter than the movie kind of wanted to treat it. And it's it's so weird because this movie did treat it as that serious subject matter. And it gave, like, Kristen Stewart's... Abby, that's her name. Kristen yes. Stewart's character so many moments to express that she was stressed and it gave her people to support her and understand why she was stressed mm. and it never put her in a position where it was like you're being ridiculous which i was kind of afraid it was going to at some points um so it hit the emotional like they took that weight seriously more seriously than i thought they would but they still balanced it with like over the top comedy that just didn't like it's like pick a genre and i never want to tell people to pick a genre because like why should you follow the rules? But it just didn't mesh well. It clashed. It's a clashing movie. Pick a color scheme, guys. <laughs> so, um, if you remember our most popular episode of this podcast. I don't remember because I don't look at the stats. About time. Yes. <laughs> In the About Time episode, we spent a lot of time talking about how that movie is very obviously two different movies that were meshed together. Mm -hmm. Where there's one part of it that's a funny movie about a guy who can jump in time. And there's another part of it that's a very emotional movie about a man learning to appreciate the small things in his family right. and to be there for the people that matter. Um, this movie, I feel like, is almost a mesh of two, not even to the extent of About Time, but they tried to merge a gay comedy and a gay drama together mm -hmm. and did not do it successfully. And I don't think those are necessarily things that can be merged together just because of the historical way those two things have been done. Like, either you get a Brokeback Mountain or you get stereotypes. And then they were like, let's give you sad stereotypes. And it was like, but it's not funny when it's just sad stereotypes because that's a lot of realities then. Yeah. And I think, I think there's something we said that, like, why About Time works is because you take, like the fantasy, the fantastical side of it, and the human side of it, and one is a lesson that you learn from the other. Like, there's a clear segue between a man can change, like, travel through time in his life, and a man is learning how to live his life. Like, those mesh so well. There's no segue between gay drama and gay comedy. Like, it's not, it's not a lesson to be learned in there. It's, it's just pure genre. Mm -hmm. So, like, the comedy that worked to me was the friend who took up the pet-setting jobs. Yes. Like, killing the fish. And then every time she's on the phone with him, it's a new chronicle of him trying to replace the fish. Yeah. Where, like, we think the fish has died. Now we know the fish has died. Now he's getting a new fish. Comedy that works. Um, but it, when comedy you make... Comedy that wasn't hurting anyone. The fish was hurt. Well, the fish was hurt, but he was not stereotyped. As far as the fish goes. Or put in a toxic family. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's like that comedy works because it was outside of the gay subject matter. But mm -hmm. when you tried to make the gay subject matter both the heavy hitting stuff and the funny part of the film, it just doesn't work. It's not funny anymore. I also, I kind of feel like that And it, the only way, it, sorry, but the only way it would have been funny would be if it was at the expense of the parents. Like, look how fucking stupid they are for not realizing that Abby's just her girlfriend. But they were never painted that way. Yeah. Instead, it was painted as, like, look how much they're both suffering for not being out to the parents. I think it's also the fact that, um, speaking of the parents, like, a lot of jokes were made at the expense of how toxic that family was. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, it, it, it feels the same way where they just don't realize that there are families that are genuinely like that. And it's not just a Christmas thing. And it's not just, like, the way they solved it felt like it's Christmas time, everyone's stressed, and we haven't seen each other in a while, and we're readjusting to new family dynamics. 
fine, you can solve that in a big fight and overnight thinking about things with a musical montage. But the way it was is that these girls were socialized to hate each other and compete with each other for their parents' love, and that doesn't get fixed in one chaotic Christmas dinner, like... Listen, as somebody who grew up in a family that is not to this extent, but is a lot about appearances, and let me tell you, it's not funny. (laughs) Nope. Um, and yeah, that's a thing where it's like my personal context I bring to the table as a viewer of this film, but my takeaway as somebody who brings my personal context to this film is that it's not really funny. I think it's, it also feels like, like they didn't think that this could do well just as a gay movie, so they needed the -the over-the-top comedy to it, because when you have, like, you have the emotional beats with John and Abby, and, like, Riley's entire character, like, all the, rev- all the reviews, I'm talking about my friends that I've talked to who have seen the movie. Love All of the online Riley. speak we have seen yeah. about the movie. <laughs> Love Riley and her character. And she's never part of, like, the comedic beats. She is purely there for the understandable, relatable, lesbian character. And it's like, this movie would stand up without that kind of over-the-top comedy. And it felt like they kind of doubted that it could and they were trying to supplement it. Are you looking up scores? Yeah, I wanted to see what the actual critics said about this. Yeah. And um, on Rotten Tomatoes, um, it has a 79% audience score. So, like, that's not actually, like, that bad. Nope. Which makes me think that the straight people (laughs) who watched this do actually find it funny because the stereotypes don't hit them in the same way. I do know gay people who liked this, though. That's true. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know, it's kind of difficult because there's certain things about the film that are total stereotypes that I'm fine with. Like Kristen Stewart's entire wardrobe being the gayest thing I've ever seen. I'm like, on point, amazing. Um, And there's other parts that are just so bad. What was the best friends? Riley. Riley. Um, Well, even like the Riley subplot doesn't bother me that much because everyone's stupid in high school everybody wronged somebody in high school school. yeah Yeah. like i totally understand how the situation happened would it have been better if it didn't of course but like looking at freshmen in high school and somebody who was about to get like outed by her other friends i totally get how that scenario went down um but other parts especially the parts that are in the context of them being older um the stereotypes and the like queer parts don't sit well yeah it feels it feels genuinely like like there's so much they just brushed over like they rushed through the conflict they brushed over how she felt bad about riley and like what that did to riley which riley's not a main character but like her life has obviously been defined by that in a small town they brushed over the entire fact that so much of this is caused by how you regress when you turn home return home to your small town yeah they never they never addressed like harper wasn't acting herself because she's at home in her small town with expectations and old friends and all of that yeah um and i feel like that is a huge part of why you act weird around people from your past. Which, like, Abby kept saying, I don't even recognize her, but, like, no one ever hit the, like, nail on the head about, like, that's what happens when you go home. And I feel like it's just another one. Like, it's just Especially, a- I think, for gay people, because so many gay people get out in, like, a big way. Yeah. Or they move to a big city, or they move out of state, or they, like, don't be as close with their family after, like, a certain age or something like that. Um... Because I feel like it's a lot more of a, I feel like this is weird to say, I don't know. Um, but it's like more of a straight thing to just like stay in your small town and stay the same person that you were. I mean, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily like a straight thing. I think it's like, it's it just seems more like that because the majority of people are straight and more if people do that, they're probably going to be straight. But I think it's, it's like... Cat interruptions. Cat interruptions. It's like, um... Gay gay people are gay people are more likely to leave and get out and move away and have less contact and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I feel like gay people are more likely like gay people who did not know they were gay in high school are more likely to feel like a completely separate person because that's a huge revelation to have about yourself. So if that happens post high school, 
both of us have gone through this. If that happens post high school, then you're going to come back and you're going to be surrounded by memories of your straight self. And that's so, like, that's such a whiplash. Being reminded of your inauthentic self is like a trauma in and of itself. I feel like uh, Antonio is going to love this episode. I think Antonio is just going to like, can we embroider that on something for Antonio? Just that phrase, the being reminded of your inauthentic self is a trauma in and of itself. Yeah. I'll send Antonio another Christmas gift. It'll be great. (laughs) Um, But it's so true. And I feel like it's easier. Not that it's easy. I know. And like having grown up in a small town, it's fucking hard no matter who you are to stay there if you're unhappy. Like As somebody who grew up in a town significantly larger than yours, but also was a suburb. It's fucking hard. Yeah. Like I still live kind of close to where I grew up. Um, and I do occasionally see people I grew up with, and I fucking hate seeing them. Yeah. But, like, and, it, like, it was, they never said, but it was coded as a really small town that they lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's Big just, enough to have a fancy wine store small enough that, the like, everybody knows her dad is running for mayor. Yes. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of, like... You know, what kind of opportunities can you have there and what kind of, like, everyone's going to know who you are and everything you ever did and who your family is and everything Mm -hmm. they ever did. And it's like, that's stifling for anyone. Yeah. But especially for gay people because they're either going to know that you're gay right off the bat and have that judgmental or they're not going to know and they're going to assume you're going to be straight forever. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of, though, continuing with the small town political thing. I do love the turn that they gave in the credits when they showed the Instagram posts. Like, yeah, the story's problematic. Yeah, it got resolved way too quickly. But the idea of a, like, straight-laced, like, we have to be the most cookie-cutter family ever political family turning into a, we support all of our children, look how, like, perfect our family is in its, like, quote, imperfections Mm -hmm. in a, like, we're not cookie-cutter anymore kind of way. Um is so good. Like, I did find myself being slightly emotional at the Instagram posts during the credits of celebrating Harper and Abby and Mm -hmm. celebrating the daughter with her kids even after the divorce. Um, Like, that was really, really great, but it's just that they got their way too quickly. I think that's my thing with the overall movie, listening to you say that, is that I really, I like the story they told. I just really, I know they could have told it better. And I feel like the resolve... The resolve. The resolution could have been even as quick if they just laid the groundwork for us to realize the parents were going to react better than Harper thought at some point earlier. Like, if, like, the mother perhaps had offhandedly mentioned, like, so-and-so and his husband... At some point. Mm. So we would have an inkling that she's not, like, straight-up homophobic or something like that. Um, If they just laid some sort of groundwork for this family is going to be, like, receptive in some way, possibly, to Harper coming out. But we never had any reason to believe that they weren't just, like, a deeply Republican white family in politics. (laughs) Well, and they also made the comment about Riley, about how it's such a shame she chose that lifestyle. Um, so it's like, they're homophobic. They are just mm-hmm. straight up homophobic. Like, that was the moment at that dinner where I realized, like, oh shit, like, no wonder Harper hasn't come out to her parents. Not that, like, I don't know, it's such a hard s- subject because not coming out to your parents is 100% understandable, but putting your significant other through that is where it gets complicated and straight up lying to your significant other about it as Harper did that's absolutely not okay yeah because that's the thing that gets to me the most is like she should have given Abby the option of like if you do come home just know I'm not out to my parents yet so like not lied to her in the middle of the summer about it yeah like you'll be meeting them but not in the context you wish and given her that decision because yeah in an ideal world everybody would be able to be out to their parents happily and comfortably but It's like, if you're going to be putting somebody into that situation, at least let them choose it and not, like, trap them in the car on the way there with I lied to you. Um, Because, like, yeah, it's understandable to not be out to your parents. It is not understandable to force your significant other into the closet for a trip and sign them up for something they didn't know they were signing up for. Yeah. It just, ugh. It just, I mean, like, 
obviously, and Abby has to learn throughout the course of the movie that it's not about her, because it's not about her, and that is very true, but, like, it's no wonder that she thinks it does, because, like, thinks it is, because Harper, I'm, I'm still hung up on the fact that, like, they literally start the whole conflict with her being like, remember when I told you that I came out to my parents and told them about you, and they were very happy, and that was just all a straight-up lie. Like, somewhere That's in this movie's universe, six months ago, she lied to her and has not, like, solved the situation since and i'm like that is not what yeah yeah why would you even just don't bring it up just be like oh i didn't get to manage to do it it's really hard and i guarantee abby would have understood and if she didn't then abby would have been the one at fault Mm -hmm. and the movie would have been about john knocking sense into abby about it and being like (laughs) you you idiot and he'd still have the really good conversation with her He's such a good character. John's okay. a good character. Well, I'll go ahead and segue into that. His speech about how there's tons of different coming outs, but everything that is the same across all of them is the moment before you say the words made me tear up. Because mm-hmm. that is so fucking true. Like, it's so good. Every coming out story has that moment before. Like, just like the deep breath. Before the plunge. I'll be that fucking cheesy about it. <laughs> I want to know who wrote those words in that scene because it's so good. I want to repeat what I said when we were talking about that scene during that scene, which is it feels like they consulted somebody gay to write the dialogue for that scene but not for the rest of the movie. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Except about Kristen Stewart's wardrobe which she might have just picked herself because it yeah, looked like her normal clothes. They were just like Kristen, show up. Just bring whatever clothes you to the want set. To wear, and she would just show up in whatever she wanted to wear. She'd be like, hmm, I want to make all the ladies fall in love with me like this today. And they'd be like, great, you're on. Listen, my entire goal in life is to be Kristen Stewart's aesthetic. I want her, like, soft, like, her, like, soft butchness of, like, kind of not feminine clothes, but definitely not butch still. Yeah. And I want her bleached hair. (laughs) And I want her little beanies. So good. Everything I want about being gay is to be Kristen Stewart. (laughs) So good. Dude, she was great in this movie, though. Yeah. She was really... Which is so funny, because, like, her acting in Twilight (laughs) makes me have secondhand embarrassment, and her acting in this movie was exactly the same, but didn't give me secondhand embarrassment. But here's the thing. She can get really emotional in Twilight. It's Mm -hmm. just that everything around her doesn't react the same way, because Edward's like a blank wall the entire fucking time, and Jacob's just an So she feels like she's being overdramatic, because everybody else is acting in a different way than she is, but in this, it just fit instead. Yeah. Yeah, because I hold that, like, the scenes where she's, like, like, Kristen Stewart's yell, one, hoarse voice kind of gets me to, gets to me every time, Mm -hmm. but the scenes where she, like, yells are, like, kind of jokey, I guess, kind of, but, like, they'd be really good if everyone else was just, if it was, Twilight was a good movie. Um... Yeah, I the scene where she was on the- <laughs> Sorry, I'm just thinking about the girl on TikTok who does the Kristen Stewart yelling impressions. Yeah. Um, we'll link her below. No, we won't. I won't be able to find her TikToks, I guarantee you. <laughs> um, the scene where she's on the phone with John and doing, like, you know, it, basically, like, when she tried to look up a flight and she's like, dude, I need to get out of here. I don't know what to do. And she starts crying and you can't- you can only just barely hear it in her voice- got to me a lot. Like, that's so... Like, the control of that and the emotion at the same time, masterful. Love it. A-plus work. <laughs> um, I also do greatly enjoy a good through line. So, John tracking people on his phone yes. and having taught Harper to track people on her phone is an amazing through line mm-hmm. because it is an incredibly easy way to explain how John gets there and then how Harper finds them at the gas station. Yep. And they introduced it outside of the context of either of those characters with him tracking the guy at his apartment while he's talking to Abby about the pets. Like, they set up a way to solve a lot of plot holes with an amazing humorous through line. Like, that is the best plot hole solution I've ever seen somebody come up with in a movie that I have just blatantly recognized. Like, I know that's what they're doing. 
And I appreciate it instead of being annoyed by it. Because I'm like, they solved their plot holes in the right way. They gave us a humorous through line to disguise it all. Like, it's so good. It also told us something about his character. Yes. Right off the bat, he's gay without, like, Mm -hmm. making a gay joke. Um, He's super techie. And he's a lot of gay stereotypes, to be fair. But, Mm -hmm. like, that super 21st century kind of paranoid kind of thing. Yeah. Well, and, like, obviously I'm not a gay man, so I can't, like, 100% speak on this, but I can, like, partially speak on it. Um, I think that he is a gay, quote, gay stereotype in, like, the slightly acceptable way. Where, like, yes, there's completely stereotypical things about him, but he also has enough things that are only about his character that aren't gay that, like, it works. Where, like, we have the funny bits of him with the fish and we have the knows how to track a phone thing. Where, like, everything about his character isn't a gay stereotype. He's still a round character outside of being gay. And we know a little bit about him without it just being the things that make him gay. So it's, like, as a secondary character, like, he still is fleshed out outside of his sexuality, which makes it, like... A little bit more okay. Right. It works. I like him. Is he your favorite character? No. Riley's my favorite character. Riley's no, a good I character. I take that back. Abby's my favorite character. Come <laughs> on. The main character was the best character in all of this. Listen, they would never do it, but imagine a movie where Abby ends up with Riley instead of Harper. That's what everyone wanted when they watched this. Mm-hmm. And I understand why people like it. I totally do. I do. I really do like, though, because I remember when they went to the bar together, Abby and Riley, I was so afraid that they were going to, that Abby was going to cheat or like kiss her or whatever. And then she'd be the bad character. And she'd be the bad character. And that's how they were going to frame it. I'm really glad they never did that because mm-hmm. one, it shows that Riley is genuinely a really good person. And, like, her coming to Harper at the end, I was, that took me by surprise. I was like, like, shit, this girl ruined your life, basically, and probably hasn't talked to you since you were dating in high school. And it's like, it made Riley a really good character, and it made Abby a really good character, and it did not at all validate Harper for, like, the two seconds that she was like, well, why were you with Riley? And I'm also glad they didn't hang on Harper being like, well, why were you with Riley? Because it's not a fucking valid argument. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was really well thought out. They just never went down that road because they very easily could have and still made, like, a movie that people would have liked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like for everything bad that we have said about this film, I'm at least glad it didn't fall into saying that Harper is the victim for having parents that won't accept her off the bat and instead recognizes the nuance in, like, the diciness of not being out but being in a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, it did get that right, at least. Yeah. Even if certain details about that not-outness don't work. I think... The biggest thing with this movie is that when they were like, Kristen Stewart's going to be in a Christmas rom-com, everyone was like, oh my god, finally, gay movie, it's not going to be sad. And then it was really kind of heartbreaking at moments. And that's just not what you look for in a Christmas holiday movie, which we got the cute stuff and we got the like super cute, happy ending, warm and cuddly stuff. But there was a lot of just like angst in between Mm -hmm. and it's just like i could see whereby i think the problem is not that it wraps up too quickly because for a movie in this genre it probably wraps up at the same exact pace as anything else but it's because it puts you through so much in the middle that you have not reached your emotional resolution watching it yet and so the ending just feels a little off even though it's cute i also think there's a certain aspect of it where at the beginning they show us abby and harper together And being very cute. But then immediately, they're on the road to the parents. And so we don't get that much of seeing how truly in love they are. So I feel like we don't feel the weight of the fact that Abby was going to propose. Um, And then because they're at the parents, we don't see any, like, physical contact or more, like, couple-y sort of feelings. And I think that kind of harms the film, too. Where the only thing that we really get is, like... Kristen Stewart during the heart eyes at the like big gala dinnery thing mm-hmm. um and the like not really sex scene and um 
so I feel like we almost don't feel the weight of how in love they are because we haven't seen how in love they are. And I feel like that's a flaw of not wanting to show gay characters in a, like, positive, happy light. It also... Just the overall, like, cinema problem with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, it also, like, the... Hayes Code. Anyways, yes. The scenes they did show felt like a, more like a young couple than anything else. Which, like, mm-hmm. older couple, Older, as in, like, longer-standing couples will do that. But, like, the whole, like, we're gonna sneak around and have sex in my parents' house. And we're being young and stupid and silly on this Christmas lights tour and stuff like that. Feel like new relationship things. I would- I kept waiting for them to have a day where Harper was like, let's get the fuck away from my parents and, like, I'll show you my hometown. And, like, if they did that and it was just, like, cute memories of just, like, walking down Main Street together and all this stuff and they had a chance to be together, not necessarily super clingy or affectionate because Harper would probably still be nervous, but you could have, like, the dialogue back and forth and the banter and the sharing memories. Just scenes of them one-on-one that- aren't in the parents' house, where they're trying to be quiet and shit, I think that would have been really helpful. Um, And the reason I laughed when you started that thought was because... Older relationships. Younger relationships. Oh, um, the stereotype of, like, the U-Haul lesbians who get, like, together and move in way too fast. I was like, maybe they are a young relationship. I mean, she only moved in six months ago. She only moved in six months ago. So they've probably only been dating seven months. (laughs) That's terrible. Um. We're allowed to say it because we are gay. (laughs) Um. Yeah, I just. But not gay together. Just both happen to be gay. For clarification. <laughs> Amy's almost done with her third glass of wine. 2020 was the I'm year. I'm a lightweight, did you know? 2020 was the year Amy realized red wine was her drink. Um, I realized this at the end of college. I became a middle-aged woman at the end of college. Don't we all? Things move fast for me. It's because I'm gay. But yeah, if we were rewriting this movie, I would definitely, Amy's dying in the corner, I would definitely have done the little, like, walk around the hometown together. Because that also would have given us a break from the, like, drama and the tenseness. There's so much We needed that downtime. This is what you need. They never used the comedy as a tension breaker of the drama. They only used it as, like, as purely to make you laugh, not to give you a break from being so afraid for their relationship and their sexualities. Yes. What were you going to say in the middle of that? Because he had a very obvious thought. You said if you had written this, you would have given them the downtime of walking around the hometown. Mm-hmm. And I had a thought based off of that that has now left. Walking around, being cute, little break from the drama, little montage, holding hands, sharing memories, telling stories. They well, see you- a dog. You do need the honeymoon period in the movie. Because you need the height of everything is good before everything goes to shit. Like, that's how the climactic build works. Is, like, you build, like, like you need something. You can't just build, 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 build. You need, like, a build. You need a point where it seems like everything's good or at least, like, going well or something like that. Like, you can't just infinitely build. And, and they in kind of infinitely yeah, build Yeah, like, the one point where we're like, oh, their relationship is okay is when they were trying to sneak into the same room and that was just things going wrong because they almost got caught so many times doing that. So that wasn't a relief at all. It was like, oh, shit, they're gonna fuck it up. They're gonna fuck it up. And then even during that scene, we pointed out the laziness of the writing where, um... Harper is like, oh, I knew she'd be, like, her, her mom would be cleaning up that mess for hours. And it's three brooms yeah, falling like out of the utility of the closet. closet. Yeah. Yeah. And we're like, what? Um, which now I'm realizing the great pun of, like, things falling out of the closet. But oh, yeah. She said, what are you doing in the closet or something like that to Kristen Stewart's <laughs> character? Which is pretty good. But... It's like the laziness of the writing of like it's gonna take hours to clean up a broom so we can have sex and then like we don't even see any of like any happiness or positivity of them being able to be like in the same bedroom and instead it just goes straight from the stress of Kristen Stewart barely like explaining her way out of a closet situation into them walking in in the morning because the door doesn't have a lock and the kids seeing them through the crack of the door. Yep. Like 
It just, they don't give us any relief from scared they're going to be outed, scared they're going to be outed, scared they're going to be outed. Yeah. 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 We just wanted them to be happy for a little bit longer. That wasn't the end credits. I have a thesis. This is a gay movie written for straight well, it's people. a little early in the episode to have a thesis. But... You know what? 35 minutes in. 35 minutes and 14 seconds in, I have a thesis, which is... Yes. <laughs> I love the way after you edit this, it's not going to be that time. No. Um, is going to be that this is a gay movie written for straight people, not a gay movie written for gay people, which that's what most gay movies are written for, but still. Yeah. But also, that's what people said about Love, Simon, and I would disagree with that. I think... I would also disagree with that. Um, I th- in regards to Love, Simon, or in Love, to Happiest Season? Um, Love, Simon. Um, I'm so torn, because I can definitely see it. And maybe maybe a whole lot of this... I don't know about you, I'm not a comedy person. That's like, true. I don't at all. do So maybe like that's comedies. a big theme that we're clashing with here. But I think... I- I think there are moments that hit really well. Everything with Riley, the look. I what, what I keep falling back, like picturing the moment where Harper starts to say Harper gets outed and she starts to say that's a lie and she cuts herself off because she sees Abby's face and she sees Riley's face and then we see Harper's face again and I feel like that moment right there also tells so much about like all three different experiences that are happening right there. Well, and they do such a good job of her, like, realizing she should not repeat her, like, past mistakes kind of thing. Yeah. But I think also, like, usually you do that in a movie when it's mistakes repeating themselves, like, a year apart and not, like, ten years apart. And that kind of, like, not that there's any correct age to come out or any age you have to come out by. Like, there's people who are, like, grandparents before they come out. And that's perfectly fine. But... It does feel a little bit weird that somebody is about to repeat their same exact mistake so many years later. It's like she had so much time for growth that she just never did. Well, and it's it's clear that she has because she's the adventurous one and she's the super, like, I don't care what people think about us one at their hometown. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, like, it's so obvious that, like, she has grown from there. Mm. It's just that we get so to it's... see it for only about two and a half minutes. Yeah. So it's, like, all about the regression of going back to your hometown. And then they but don't then... talk about it. Right. But then they never address that it's about the regression of going back to your hometown. And under your parents' roof, especially when you have, like, strict or oppressive parents, yeah. as she does. But, like, ah, uh, it's just, ah, uh, it's ah. Uh. Yeah, it, uh, it's rough. It's... I, I really wish that they did focus more on that feeling. But I still, to the point that, like, whether it was written for straight... I mean, all movies are written for straight people because straight people own all the things. And to make money, you need to adhere to them. Capitalism. Ayo. Um, but, like, I think there are really good scenes that speak to experiences straight people just don't have. And more than just, like... Maybe it's just because I really, really like the John speech that much maybe that's Mm -hmm. all this is but i mean how riley and abby immediately click and understand each other like right away and how the the friendship that john and abby have even is so like we are clearly very different people but i understand you so when you need me i will be at your side in the drop of a hat like that's such ride or die gay friend group dynamics Mm -hmm. and it's just like not that straight people can't have ride or die friends, because clearly they do. But, like, I feel like there's something a little deeper there that they, like, hint at and they touch at and that we can see. So, I don't know. It's... I don't know. I feel like also in the midst of criticizing this film, we should also address the third sister. What's her name? Jane. Jane. That's the second time and you said that exact sentence. I'm so sorry. Um, she was my Jane. favorite. I said her name so many times because I kept being like, she's my favorite. <laughs> Um, the way that they portray her character, especially in the first couple scenes that take place in the parents' house, is just, like, really fucking bad. She's coded as neurodivergent. She's excitable. She's a little awkward. Everyone kind of ignores her. She doesn't know boundaries. Yeah, she doesn't pick up social cues. Yeah. So she's coded as, yeah, very neurodivergent and 
not in a positive way at all. Jokes were made at that expense. Like, the Mm -hmm. whole opening scene with the family was so She's completely supposed to be a slapstick humor. Like, I couldn't watch that scene. I was literally looking at my phone because I couldn't watch that scene. I had to keep telling you things that happened during that scene. Because I was so embarrassed and I just kept checking out because it was making me so uncomfortable. It was not. Yeah, Yeah, it's really, really bad. And I like that... Um... Like, her good scene is how proud she is of the painting, that we recognize that it's a good painting, even if the characters in the movie don't. That was such a good scene, and also such a beautiful painting. Yeah, like, the entire fight scene and her role in it is good, but, no, actually, I take that back. Not the entire. Her role in the fight scene is good. Yep. And her character is good in that scene. But the entire first, like, two or three scenes that she is in are, like, straight up, like, bigotry. Yeah, it's... Because all of the jokes are made at the expense of her not understanding social cues or being excitable. Yeah. And it's like, she's the only one who genuinely wants to welcome Abby. And everyone's, like, everyone's welcoming but she's the only But they're one welcoming who... in a boomer white people way. Yes. Yeah, and she's the only one who's trying to connect with Abby at any kind of personal level. Granted, she's not successful at it, but like she's trying, she's at trying least. and she makes bad like she also makes like an oh Abby's an orphan comment. But like that's what her parents are doing. That's what she's just trying to do what her parents do. Like it's yeah, Jane deserved better this entire fucking movie. I do like by the end that how her and John are basically best friends. <laughs> Like, that's good, but... Um, also, John just gets adopted into the family. <laughs> I do like that. This is, our, so this is our daughter, Harper, her wife, Abby, and their <laughs> friend, John. Well, it's like, instead of Abby being adopted in as a friend, because they're like, she's an orphan, she has nowhere to go on Christmas. Instead, it's that they adopt John, because they're like, his father disowned him, he's here for Christmas. <laughs> Basically. Honestly, like, I think... Okay, obviously most people would see it as better to be able to spend Christmas with their families. Mm-hmm. Boring. What's more fun is having a completely adopted family a la the queer experience and having Christmas with all of your friends who don't go home to their families. Like, I mean, like yeah. there's no galaxy brain, which is just like, I don't even fucking know. And then there's, like, slight galaxy brain. It's, like, being full... Okay, no, no galaxy brain is going home for the holidays. Slight galaxy brain, like, there's a little bit of light going on, a little bit of synapsis, is um, going home to your family and them accepting you. True galaxy brain is, no, the found family. (laughs) Yeah. And there you have it. There you have it, folks. I just finished my last glass of wine. There's still some in there. Okay, now. For context, it is now fully, fully gone. Fully, fully. Fully, fully. Here's the other thing. The dad's speech at the end, you made the joke that no man would ever make an apology that good. (laughs) No father who has Would ever make an apology. That's not true. No father who has created a family No father knows how to apologize. Amy. No father who has created an apology that fucking created fuck you. This is your fault. Has created a family that fucking toxic would ever apologize, let alone have one that displayed his own vulnerabilities and flaws and was so thorough and immediately fixed everything. Yeah. No, that was so unreal. The sisters bonding after that? Sure. The mom? Yeah, okay, I can maybe see that happening. The dad coming down, and the fact that he had to wait that long, too, and coming down on Christmas Day and being like, everything's fine, by the way, I just had to think about it and be dramatic. Like, no, no, he's gonna keep trying to be that fucking toxic the entire time. Yeah, because, like, that level of raising a family in that kind of, like, competitive perfectionist way is a... It doesn't go away when you have a wake-up call. It's a complete result of, like, tons of misogyny and... Like, tons of having to be, like, toxic masculinity, of having to be the mm-hmm. man of the house, of having to seem like you have everything under control and that you're in charge and, and, like, yeah. 
And all of that can't be unraveled overnight by two realizations that one of your daughters is gay and the other one's getting a divorce. Like, yeah. that's just not how it works. Which, like, yeah, warm, cozy, happy ending. But, like, that one was so blatantly see-throughable. I almost wish they had done, like, I mean, I don't, because it was a very cute ending and we deserve that. But I, it would be more realistic if, like, like, the best he would be able to do would be, like, I don't know how I feel about this, but I'm going to try... Like, that kind of step forward rather than a complete resolution. Yeah, because I think that's so much more accurate. That, like, I am willing to be on my way to understanding. Yeah. But I do like that we had a happy ending because it was very cute. And that We Instagram needed it after scroll, all of that. Yeah, that Instagram scroll in the credits, like you said. Joe Biden vibes. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> You're like, if you say so. Honestly, this family is so fucking, like, cookie cutter and perfect, I'm surprised they didn't have a golden retriever. <laughs> yeah, they didn't have any pets, did they? They didn't. They should have had a golden retriever. It would have been they were accurate. so toxic. <sighs> they don't know the compassion of owning pets. Yeah. Only Abby understands the compassion of owning pets. Okay, were those actually their pets, or was she pet-sitting for someone else? They never Her job is pet-sitting. Yeah, so they weren't her pets. Right. They were pets she was supposed to be pet-sitting over the holidays that she relegated to John. That's not how... Okay, fine. That's not how maybe, pet-sitting works. Well, is he a friend and a co-worker? Because maybe he just, like, works so. for the same pet-sitting company maybe. or something. I don't think so if he forgot to do... The fish? The fish. If she had to give him instructions and if he thought it was okay to just replace one. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't know either. It was weird. Also, did they ever clearly state what Harper's job is, or did they just keep talking about how she wrote an article? She wrote an article. It's There's a lot weird. we don't know about these characters, actually, the more I think about it. Yeah, the fact that, like, we don't have names? a clear, like, picture of either of their professions. Like, they said that Abby she was a is a student. Yeah, is that she's getting her PhD. doctorate in art history, right? Yep. Um, and, like... Okay, so they gave us that, and they kind of told us she's a pet sitter, but, like, we don't really understand what Harper does. Um, we know that uh, the one sister had a law degree that she kind of just left to be a mother. Which also, let's look at the fact that the parents both were like, oh, she was on the way to being a, like, partner at her firm before the kids, but then also completely relegated her to being the super mom. Like, pick one! Yeah, I... That, Which, that's kind of accurate, though, where, like, yeah. oh, it's not enough to just be a great mother, but it's also, like, not enough to be a professional who doesn't have kids, because then you're, like, heartless and cold. Like, the double standard is kind of accurate, but it's almost too nuanced to put in a movie. Honestly, I think the problem is, like, like I kept saying, all three sisters are such a specific brand of our parents fucked us up, and it never got addressed. And if yeah. it got addressed, it would be so good, because, yeah, she has that typical misogyny, like, damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you're gonna be a woman with a career, fuck you. If you're gonna quit your career to be a mom, fuck you. Instead, like, you should just have, like, 80,000 hour work weeks of doing both. Yeah, and so, and she could not win in her parents' eyes, and so she was not happy. And Harper, like, never learned to do anything that her parents didn't agree with so she had to please everyone and couldn't say no and stayed out until 2am with a guy she doesn't even like and like stuff like that because she doesn't know how to say well, no and Jane- but also here's the thing is like I don't think that she didn't enjoy her time with Connor I think she enjoyed it her, her time with Connor in a nostalgic and friend way but he took it as a romantic right. way okay that's fair. But, like, still, she's such a people pleaser. Yes. And Jane just, like, selling everything she has just to be included and, like, not, like, she, it's a miracle that she has any self-worth at all because her entire arc is just spent trying to get people to fucking notice her. Um, Which is why I love that she was the turning point in the fight because, mm -hmm. like, it's amazing that she has any self-worth and I, I'm so glad she does. I'm so concerned for her. Um, but, like, all of these girls, like, and they do get their resolution where they get to, like, bond with each other again and realize how their families fucked them up. But we never get a look at, like, the specific ways, even though there are very, very specific and obvious ways that it was messed up. Yeah. Basically, I want a three-hour-long movie that goes into all the issues we've outlined <laughs> here, and then it will be my favorite movie of all time. 
I think it's also a very, very specific choice for it to be daughters and there not to be any sons. Because mm-hmm. that's such a huge part of, like, having children that people please and whatnot is having daughters who mm-hmm. are going to be at the mercy of the patriarchy um, and all of those kind of issues. Um, and I feel like that's a really good choice in the eyes of the film, but also, like, just hurts me a little bit because, like, it's too accurate. <laughs> Yeah. Ugh, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, this movie swung wildly between, like, mm, that was a little uh, tone deaf, and, oh, that hit the nail on the head a little too hard. I think the problem is they hit the nail on the head, but weren't afraid to make jokes at the expense of the things that hit the nail on the head, so then you just feel like you're being, like, kicked while you're down. (laughs) We see you, but also we're gonna laugh at you because we see you. Yeah. And that's like, just like, what? It's like somebody who's a minority still having, like, issues recognizing their, like, minority-ness. So then they just make fun of people who actually, like, embody the stereotypes of that minority. Yeah. Does that make any sense? Yeah, I- it does. Okay. Where somebody's like, I'm gay, but you also represent the stereotypes that straight people have put in the media that are gay, so you're a worse gay person than I am. I don't think it's as malicious as that. But that's the sort of idea. I'm just, like, overemphasizing it. I think my end thoughts are what they were when I was watching the credits, and it's that I liked it. If I watched it again, I think it would have to be in a drinking game or at some point when I was wasted. Yeah, like, I'm not gonna watch it again, except for, yeah, like, a specific circumstance like that. Um, I'm not mad at we watched it, though. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was two hours well spent. Would recommend. The first Christmas movie we've watched of the season. Oh, God. Unless you've watched any Christmas movies on your own, I know you haven't. No. I thought about watching this, like, the day it came out, <laughs> because you were gone, and I was like, mm, might... But I did not, because I figured we would do a podcast episode on it. Mm-hmm. Do you want to participate in my annual Polar Express rewatch? I'd be down. Okay, cool. I'll save it. I need to watch uh, Home Alone also. And Rent. Maybe the stage version this year. <laughs> do you have any closing thoughts? Kristen Stewart is great. And with that, folks. That's all, folks. How do we sign off these episodes? If you also think Kristen Stewart is great, come tell us on our Twitter at BFAFpod. Is that BFAFpod? I think so. It's been a while, guys. At BFAFpod. You can also tell our personal Twitter. If you want to send pictures of your favorite Kristen Stewart outfits to oh my Amy's God, please Twitter, do. contact her at... At hey, it's underscore Amy J. That's A M Y J A Y. And if you, I mean, send send the outfit pics to Amy. But if you want to come say hi to me, you can see me at at Grace underscore Jessica, and that is Jessica with two A's. You can also hit up our Gmail BFAF. No, yes, good podcast at gmail dot com. We have both been drinking, I will say. Um, <laughs> and there's also our TikTok, at BFAFpod. Our Instagram, at BFAFpod. And that's it. There's no Tumblr to speak of. What are you talking about? Don't search us at BFAFpod.tumblr.com. No! Is that even right? I don't even know. We don't know, because it's not there. So, we will see you guys next time. Keep in mind that Black Lives Matter, you should wear a mask, and happy Pride. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Bye.